Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. Habs Unfiltered is featured on The Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio. This podcast brings you honest and in-depth hockey discussion and entertainment. Our hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Pudvay, are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 181, uh, season five. We're starting season five of Habs Unfiltered. It is an auspicious occasion. Uh, not auspicious enough for my co-host, Treg Wilson, to wear pants. I barely wore a shirt today. You're lucky I put a shirt on. And my other co-host, Matt Smith has taken some time off of being uh, blown on by fans to uh, join us. Thanks for the welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> and I am your other host, Blaine Putvey. I'm sitting underneath my beautiful heat pump with all the AC that I could ever possibly want. So, haha, screw both of you guys. Heat don't bother me none. Anyway, so as I said, we're in episode 181, season five of Habs Unfiltered. Uh, this week's episode, we're going to cover a little bit of this and that. Um, talk about Caulfield, uh, vaccine mandates, uh, the new president for the Canadians, um, what the team has, what it's missing, if it's missing anything, and uh, a little bit other tidbits. So we'll just kick it off right now with the NHL and namely the Montreal Canadiens requiring vaccinations for those who are going to work with, play for, work for, or enter the building of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, clearly Treg's doing something right now with his camera. So Matt, we're going to start with you. I'll keep it short and sweet. It's the right thing to do. It's the right, it's the right call by the Canadians and it's the right call by the league. Um, if, 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 if you want to play and you want to get paid, you know, take the vaccine is going to protect the players on the ice, going to protect the officials 
that's going to protect the fans. So, you know, we, we've, we've all seen um, other industries push for um, mandatory vaccines. And it's just a matter of time where it's going to hit more and more and more and more. So I think it's excellent. I think uh, the more the more vaccinations that can be put out, the better, and we can kind of get back to uh, to back to normal and uh, see what each other look like at the grocery store and all that kind of stuff. And finally, lose these goddamn masks. <laughs> exactly, um, Treg. What about you? It's the right thing to do. Uh, I believe uh, this everyone but Edmonton and one other team is even saying that for fans to come into the arenas for the off for the new season. Uh, they want them fully vaccinated or at least with their passport or proof of vaccination. You mean their immunization card? Because it's not yeah. a passport. This bullshit with passports. It's your immunization card. You've had, yeah. It's well, been going on forever. It's against my basic rights of a human, Blaine. Well, and here's the thing. You can choose not to vaccinate yourself. It is your right to not do it. Absolutely. But you do not have the right to be free of consequence for not doing that. And a private business has the right to refuse entry to you if you're not vaccinated. Correct. It's no different and than a it's, it's no different than a 17-year-old trying to get into a bar or an 18-year-old trying to get into a bar with no liquor ID. He gets ID, you're not allowed in. You don't have the ID. See you. you're infringing on that underage person's rights mm-hmm. oh well sucks to be him should have been born earlier and now you're assuming their gender <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you ah uh, you people you people and oh my god that's and that's the end of my podcast career <laughs> see you later <laughs> And that's yeah. season five. <laughs> <laughs> Kicking it off with a bang. Yeah, no, I agree with you guys. It is the right thing to do. It's And again, if you choose not to do it, then you choose to take on the burden of the consequences for your decision. It, that's it. And if you're, you're worried about long-term effects, I say in air quotes, for a vaccine, um, uh, vaccines long-term is three weeks. So there's been hundreds of millions of cases that have proven that it's okay. If you're still hesitant, just remember for for some kind of, hey, maybe there's some kind of politics behind it. Just remember that all the, the world's leaders in all the countries, all the G7 countries, the people that would be part of the pentaverate that run the world have all been vaccinated. Or so they let us. They tell or us. so they told us maybe it's a different kind of vaccine for those uh those reptilians because you know it's the illuminati around the world anyway so uh that's that's the case with the uh with most canadian franchises they're going to be requiring vaccinations this is whether you whether you agree with it politically or not this is what it is this is what they're going to be dealing with uh there might be players that choose not to do so and then that's gonna bring up some other interesting options yeah, for the league and the PA to deal with. But for now, <clears throat> no one's opted out. So we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Well, Brendan Press won't be playing. Oh, wait. He doesn't play now. So Yeah. Sometimes when you meet someone, you just feel bad for their dog. Let's, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, the next piece of news, <clears throat> the Montreal Canadiens have 
named a new president of operations, not hockey ops, the overall Groupe CH president. And that president is France Bélanger. She's also going to be an alternate governor for the NHL. So when, um, when Molson's not available for NHL board meetings, she will be there. So this is a, this is a big promotion for her and it's, it breaks a glass ceiling. Well, before they think the highest woman in the NHL for a job was a scout, I believe. Um, no, no, there's, there's a vice president. Uh, I can't, I cannot for the life of me remember her name, but, and there's not many females working in management in the NHL. Correct. Yeah. And she's definitely the highest, she's definitely the highest ranked one. She's Mark Bergman's boss, basically. She is. Yes. Good for her. It's a proper thing. Like, I mean, maybe she'll be the next GM of the Canadian. Um, I would doubt it. She's a, she's a lawyer. I think she's a lawyer. She's definitely business side. Uh, and that's been her, her role with the Canadians the entire time that she's been there. She answers only to Molson. So I would think hockey ops has its own dealings, but they fall under her. So we'll see. That's good for her. It's good for women. Yeah. It's good for her. Good for women in the sports. And who knows, maybe we'll see a woman playing someday. You never know. It's possible. They've been drafting. Women have been drafted into the OHL now. So. Hey, and I'm okay with it. You good enough to play play. Yep. Who gives a shit what, uh, what gender you are. All I care about is how many goals are you going to score? Can you stop them? You know? Who cares the gender? I got to save the first F-bomb for Matt. Matt stops him with his beauty. Yeah. (laughs) Um, All right. So I guess we'll just uh, skip uh, skip on from here and move on to... Cole Caulfield. Never heard of him. Yeah. In my uh, prospect pyramid I did for the hockey writers, I put him as the only tier one prospect for the Canadians. And I actually got comments in there saying, well, how is he a prospect? He's played in the NHL. Yeah. Yeah. He played 10 freaking games last year. Playoffs don't count guys. He is eligible for the Calder trophy. So you're going to play it. Even if playoffs counted, he wouldn't have enough games. No, he would. He would have thirty games, which would be five more than the minimum or the maximum. Okay, I thought. I thought it was forty. Yeah, but he is eligible for the Calder Trophy this year. So, Matt, we're going to start with you again. What are the odds? I think that he's going to be a finalist. I think he's going to be definitely in the top three. Uh, can he win it? Absolutely. Um, the, we know that he's likely going to uh, play a top six role with the Canadians, likely going to stay with Suzuki. He's going to be given every opportunity to succeed. He's going to be given every opportunity on the power play, et cetera. So absolutely. Can he win it? Um, obviously we're all going to be cheering for him and hopefully he can take that next step. Small sample size in the NHL looked very good. He scored some big goals when it mattered most. 
in the uh, in the playoffs. He was counted on quite a bit, put up 12 points in 20 games with four goals and put up four goals and an assist in the 10 games that he played in the regular season. Won the Hobie Baker, looked good in Laval. So with a full training camp with the Canadians, which is going to be the first one he's had, Yep, I think sky's the limit for this kid, and um, he'll definitely be a finest if, finalist, if not win it. Do you think he goes to the rookie camp in uh, three weeks? No, he'll just go to the main camp. But he's a rookie. I know. Oh my god! <laughs> no, I think he'll just go to main camp. I think he's a. I think he's a lock to make the roster. I don't think he's going to really have to uh, to fight and battle with anybody to uh, to secure his spot. Treg, what about you? I think it's his to lose, but there are some good players. Uh, Spencer Knight looks like he's going to have a bigger role with Florida. Yep. And uh, he could, it could be the Andrew Raycroft of uh, Cole Caulfield's uh, Eric or, or Ryder, Michael Ryder. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think he's going to hit the 25 goal mark if he stays healthy and plays the way he's playing. If he does that, I don't see any reason why he can't. Uh, he can't win it, but like I say, uh, Quentin Bayfield might have a bigger might uh, play more in the NHL this year. Uh, it's tough to say. It's tough to say who's going to be in the in the NHL this year. So for me, uh, for for me with Byfield, and if you want, well, well, actually, let's finish let's finish on the Caulfield thing, and then we'll go into maybe some of his competition. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I think it's it's his to lose right now. But I mean, uh, it's. You never know who's going to break out and, uh, from some other team and, and have a good season. So, yeah, I, I don't see any reason why he can't win it. Uh, but I'm not going to sit here and say he's guaranteed to get it. No, no, no. I, I don't think he's yeah. he's guaranteed. But <clears throat> you know, you know, we're like... gonna you know we're gonna change that around, and when we do the editing for this, and it's going to make you sound like you 100. Oh, he, he's guaranteed to win it. Yeah, he's guaranteed. It's like a liberal attack ad. Win. Hit. <laughs> We're going to put your face on Veruca Salt. Get nailed for a copyright. Um, <clears throat> no, um, I, I don't think he's guaranteed, but he definitely has uh, a, a step ahead. I mean, he that playoff run, those 20 games in the playoffs, that gives him a huge, huge advantage to other rookies coming into the league this coming season because he's already – he's he figured out that timing he figured out that intensity when the nhl season starts it's not going to be as intense or as difficult but he's going to know he can reach those levels so he can start off with a much quick uh, with a better pace he could probably take advantage of uh some slow starts and start padding his stats stats a little bit and know that when things start to pick up when the pace picks up when the intensity picks up he's going to be able to match that so that little that little bit of experience, I think, is going to be what gives him the edge. Um, he is definitely going to have some stiff competition. There is a ton of really good young players coming, mm. but that little bit of experience, I think, is going to give him that edge. So you you wanted to talk about some of the other players there, Matt. Yeah. Who else do you think? So let's jump into like we brought up Byfield. So the thing with Byfield is because he played more than those 20 games in the AHL, he is eligible to jump back into the AHL and play for uh, the Ontario Reign, which is what I think is going to happen with uh, the Canadian or with the Canadians. Well, I will say the Canadians, with the Canadians losing Deneau to the Kings, 
Um, he's more than likely going to be the 2C over there. You've also got Valerdi, who's uh, coming back from injury, played at the World Championship, etc. I don't know if Byfield makes that jump. I, I, I think he's going to be more a top six guy in the AHL. Ton of skill. Uh, he, we saw a little small sample size. I think he played five, six games for the Kings this year. Um, Turcotte's there as well. Turcotte's going to be Turcotte's in there as well. Yeah. So I don't. I I just don't see him jumping in this year. Maybe next. But Another it's good. But, but I'm happy. But I'm happy that he won't have to go back to Ontario to uh, to to Sudbury. Well, no, uh, he should go back to Sudbury. Him and Quinton Musty together would be amazing. I think it's I better think, for his well, development. It's better for his development that he that he stays in uh, with the AHL. Go Wolves. <laughs> Uh, Trevor Zagris is another guy that could uh, step up and yep. uh, he had 13 points, uh, 24 games last year. So he's under the, uh, he, he falls in under the, uh, the limit, the limit. Uh, so he could be another guy uh, that comes into it. And uh, Anaheim also has Jamie Drysdale. He could have a big season with them. So it's possible. It, it's possible. I mean, he'll have to have a call. Kyle McCarr type season, I think, to get the Calder Trophy. But uh, Jeremy Swayman for Boston's another guy. Like if Linus Allmark can't uh, do the job as the number one in Boston, Swayman's the the backup, and he he was pretty solid last year, seven three and zero with two shutouts. So there's well, competition. There's definitely competition. We all know who's going to win, and it's whatever. Enter insert name here, rookie for the Maple Leafs because they're the greatest ever. Uh, no, no, you sure? I, oh, you're talking. I know who you're talking about. You're talking about Nick Roberts. Well, no, it could be uh, whoever, whatever other young player they call up. Austin it Matthews, no difference. Austin Matthews repaired wrist. It's making yeah. his debut yes. yeah. because he had to get a new wrist. He's an entirely new player. Therefore, could you imagine how many goals he would have scored with a good wrist? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like they put him on the cover of uh, NHL 22 or something. <laughs> Just as I digitally, I digitally order mine, so I don't get a cover, so I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it still shows up in the main page, though. No, Carey Price shows up on my main page for NHL 20, the last one. Oh, Ovechkin, yes, Ovechkin yeah. shows up, and then you have to hit start. I get yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> Just close your eyes. <laughs> Austin Matthews scoring 75 goals this year. He has a brand new wrist. He has a Luke Skywalker wrist. There's no way he's... Uh, He's uh, not scoring 75. 75 here first. regular season goals. And yeah. again, one playoff goal. And Marner's going to have 107 points and three points of playoff. That's right. No goals. Just book your tee times for round two now. <laughs> and they'll be at UFC for the rest of the summer. Because yeah. there's, there's several traditions in Toronto. Winning the Stanley Cup in October and not making the second round. I mean, I'm going to say something. I think Toronto goes to the second round this year. Based on? Just, I'm tired of them. I don't know. Based on, I, I feel bad for Leaf fans. Uh, it's their I fault. don't hate the Leafs. I don't really hate the Leafs. Sorry, guys. I don't know. Dropping a, lot of, dropping a lot of bombshells on season five. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I tell I never did hate them. Must be the heat. Did somebody <laughs> did somebody switch your your steroids with estrogen? 
That's why I, I put a shirt on. Ster- That's I why I put a shirt steroids. on. That's why I put a shirt on. I started looking for ten weeks before competition. Because <laughs> I've been, I've been told that you know you're always angry and on on steroids. And, <laughs> my God, I'm not. I'm not angry. I'm, well, I'm not on steroids, but I'm not angry. I'm just I like, saying. I like, like that he said he wasn't angry first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not angry. I mean, I'm not on steroids. <laughs> but. Uh, I, I don't hate the Leafs as a team. I mean, their fans are a bit junk, but so are Canadians fans. Come on, let's be honest here. Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, they're both crazy. Leafs think they're going to win every year. Canadians think every player they get is crap. So, I mean, every player Leafs get is the greatest thing that ever came to the team. Nick Ritchie, the greatest fucking top six scorer in the league, even though he's never been anything. And uh, we get a player and everyone thinks he sucks. Yeah. That's the way it goes. Everyone's got their quirks. I may not dislike Toronto, but I'm not a Toronto fan. Well, that's the team that I hate. That's the team I hate is Boston. Can't stand the Bruins. Because if you're going to talk about a real rival, it's not Toronto. No, it's the Bruins. I grew up in the 80s and 90s. It was Bruins. Yeah. Not the Leafs were in the West and lost and or never made the playoffs. So it didn't really matter. They, I didn't care about them. They were irrelevant. So speaking of teams that are, you know, talk about teams in the division. Do you feel that with the, the Canadians back in the Atlantic division, Matt, we're going to switch over to you, that the, um, that the Canadians are going to take a step back? Okay, well, that was good, Greg. I think they'll be. No, I think they'll be. I, I think. I think they'll be. I think they'll be fine. I think they're going to have their bumps along the way, like they usually do along the season. But um, I think it's just going to take. I think it's going to take a little bit to get going at the start, with the uh, inexperience at center, and then uh, losing out. Um, obviously, their 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 leadership's taking a hit with with Weber being out. Uh, Byron's going to be missing the first little bit as well. But uh, Price should be back to start the year, and then you've got an abundance of wingers that can put the puck in the net. So if uh, if everything lines up, this team should be just fine. But uh, you've you've still got a really solid division. However, you're also going to be playing Buffalo. You're also going to be playing Detroit, and you're going to be able to play against all the other teams in the league, not just against your division or your modified division. So I think they'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to make a difference. I really do. Um, <clears throat> Treg, what do you think? I, I think the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Boston Bruins are going to take a step back. I, I think the Bruins are going to miss the playoffs. I think uh, they have huge, after their first line, everything's a question. Mark. Uh, Even with Rask coming mark. back now? Is he? I, I never heard. If, if he's coming back, that's the first I heard of it. He'd like to yeah. come back, and he said yeah. that he'd come back and be a cheap goalie for them, but he's still going to have to uh, heal up from his uh, surgery yeah. first. But still, even if Rask comes back, I think uh, I think Boston kind of take a step back. Uh, their defense is suspect. Anything after the first line is basically suspect. Like, who? Krejci's gone now, so they don't really have a – Charlie Coyle's going to be their second-line center. I mean, Coil. Uh, you know, they got Coil and Hall in that second line. Yeah, I mean, come on, Taylor Hall. He had one good season. Let's 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 pump the brakes on Taylor Hall. 
really. I don't know. I just think he is, but it's not as great as everyone thinks he is. I know. I'm a I'm a podcaster, so I know these things. (laughs) I drink and I know things. Uh, And I don't think the Leafs are going to be as good as everyone thinks they're going to be either. I think the Leafs' depth is actually worse this year than it was last year. I mean, I know Leaf fans are pretty excited, but uh, I I think Zach Hyman is a huge loss for them on that top six. I really do. Uh, He was was tough as he was a grindy, tough as nails type player, and he he did all the dirty work for uh, Matthews and uh, Marner or Nylander, whoever played with Matthews, and uh, uh, I think it was Marner. And now they don't have that. So um, I'm not saying, now don't get me wrong, I'm not saying the Leafs are going to miss the playoffs or anything, but I just don't think they're going to be this powerhouse team that everyone thinks. Tampa Bay and Florida are going to be teams to beat. That's who's going to be the teams to beat in the Atlantic. And again, Florida is all dependent on how well Bobrovsky and Knight play in in nets. Um, And Montreal, I think the wingers are going to shelter their centers. I think that's they're, they're so deep on the wing. They have a potential for eight 20 goal scores and five 30 goal scores. I say potential. Uh, and it's going to be interesting. I think Montreal's going to be a high scoring team. I, I really do. I think their defense is going to wane a bit, but uh, uh, I think Price is going to have a comeback year. And I think they'll be just fine. I don't think they're going to take the division or anything, but I think they'll be safely in a wild card spot come playoff time. Yeah, I'm kind of with you guys. I don't think they're going to take a step back, but I'm not seeing a step forward either. No, They're going to be kind of holding on. Like last season, with everything that happened, them making the playoffs was a big deal. The fact, you know, like it, they, they were playing without seven of their top players for long stretches. They had that really compressed schedule and they still found a way to make the playoffs. That was, that was an accomplishment. This year, it's going to be very different. Um, hopefully <laughs> we don't want to see that kind of those kinds of injuries or that kind of compressed schedule. But um, with the changes with the additions they've made, I think they can tread water and kind of still be there. I mean, I'm with you guys. The, uh, the loss of Weber is going to be the biggest issue when it comes to this huge, his leadership is uh, yeah. They brought Savard in who can play that physical style of defense and eat those minutes and play on the penalty kill. But it's that, that leadership in the room that I think is going to be missed the most. Something I'm kind of looking at is um, Dominic Ducharme having a full season and like starting the season as the coach and all his, uh, all his plans written up and, uh, all his strategies written up and everything, and that he'll be able to implement that with, with, with his coaching staff. Well, in the past, he's enjoyed um, setting up his scheme. His, uh, his offensive scheme has always come from that transition game. And you look at what they have on the blue line right now, there's a ton of really good stay at home guys. Um, you know, that Edmondson Petrie is going to be a pairing. Yeah. And Petrie is that, that premier puck mover on the blue line that the Canadians have right now. But then you look down the lineup, who else do they have that can move the puck? Romanov. He's in a second year. Romanov shows flashes and I think he'll take a step forward this year. And I think they're going to rely on him a little bit more, but how much more we're not sure. And you look further down the lineup, you got Kulak and Weidman who are going to be competing for a spot. Uh, Norlander is one guy that could really surprise. He's doing really well in Europe right now, but to it, my concern with Norlander, Norlander, when he comes in for a camp, 
without a massive camp proving that he can play right now, like from moment number one, yeah, I, don't gonna, yeah. I don't know if Ducharme's going to, I don't know if Ducharme's going to keep him. No. You got to get used to North American ice as well. Sure. So that, that, that'll be a change for Norlander. Uh, but his skill set is why? desperately needed. It's, oh, he absolutely. is the skill set that they need in the top four. Yeah. But That's they, what they, but they can't, for, not gonna, they can't force a guy in like they did with Mate, though. No. no well, if they kept Mate, we'd be talking Stanley Cup contenders right now. How'd you throw, um, that, in? How'd you throw that in there? <laughs> Season five uh, Mate Nor- reference. You got it here first. <laughs> Norlander, uh, he's, I, I mean, he's not going to get into the top four, even if he makes the team. So, uh, I mean, I mean, who knows? Maybe he will blow us away. Come, maybe he'll come over, and he will be like, "Holy shit! What the what the hell is this?" Um, but I, I'm looking for Romanov to take a big step forward. Like uh, I'm looking to him to take the reins and say, "You know what? I'm taking that number that number three three or four spot, and I'm going to be in the top four with uh, Savard on that second line." And uh, you'll see Sharat uh, and maybe Kulak or someone. Uh, I, but right now, our puck movers basically uh, Chris Wise. Weidman could be a very good uh, puck mover for the Canadians. A he can move the puck. Pairing. Bottom but pairing a, guy. But he's a bottom pairing guy. Same with Kulak. Kulak, a good puck moving defenseman. Bottom pairing defenseman. Though. Victor Mete was the same way. Victor Mete was great between blue line and blue line. But he couldn't defend or play offense. So he's a bottom pairing defenseman. Kulak is too inconsistent to be any more than a bottom pairing defenseman. Same with Weidman. Too inconsistent to be any more than you kind of need a guy that's half breed of Gustafson and some guy who can play defense. <laughs> anyone, anyone that can play defense. Well, when you got, when you're a defenseman, you really got to learn how to do that part called defense. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Gustafson's great with the puck. He can get it out of the zone. He can get it in the other zone, but if he loses it, you're screwed. So oh, yeah. he did that often. And and there was that even that off. one broken controller moment where he skated past the damn puck, like yeah. literally just walked past a, an so, open puck. Um, I'm looking for Montreal to make a move on the blue line. I think if there's a move to be made with that extra cap relief with Weber's, it's going to be a puck moving defenseman. Yeah. And I think that that move is dependent on Norlander, like what yes. he does in camp. If he can come in and take that spot right away, no problem. If he can't, they're going to send him back to Europe and they're going to make a deal with maybe Kulak going the other way with a bunch of other stuff to try and actually get something worthwhile. Speaking of which, Olaf Gustafson signed with the Seattle Kraken today. Gustav also. And he was paired a lot with Cal Fleury when they were in Laval. So they could work out for some. Yeah, yeah. Good old Beta Glass, Olaf stuff. (laughs) <laughs> he'll be injured after the first three days i heard they um, took his like injured wrist or shoulder or whatever and melted it down and gave it to austin matthews wow gold plated <laughs> it's for the it's for the it's for the greater good so we kind of we've kind of hinted at it but uh what is missing for these montreal canadians to be no, uh, to be seen as true playoff contenders and, and i'm also going to throw in another, a little wrench in the gears and say what are they missing to be true cup contenders as well? Uh, so, Treg, you, start, you, you you kind of hinted at it, so I'm going to let you go with the first. Well, they, they need a top four puck movie defenseman. Yeah. By that, I mean someone who can play both sides of the ice and do it well. Um, 
They all like a Nick Lidstrom. Calm, calm down, Blaine. Nick um, Lidstrom's left hand. Hey, I'd go for. I would go for that. Yeah, <laughs> just give me his skate, his stick, and his left shoulder, and I'm we're good Sorry. to go. Um, so that's what they need to be a playoff contender, I think. Just a good top, someone who can help guide the offense and power the offense coming through. To be an actual cup contender, they need a bona fide number one center along with that puck move. Nothing against Nick Suzuki, and Nick Suzuki is going to be that guy. But I think they need that top center just to anchor that center group. Uh, I just find it's just too young right now. Like, uh, so what you're you saying get, is they've got it, but they got to wait. They've got it. They just don't have it with the experience that they have right now. So if they could bring in like a, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to bring these guys in, but someone like a Bergeron O'Reilly, someone who can take that first line and, and, and shut down the other team, but also score 80 points, then they're going to, they're, they can go right to the cup. Unsubstantiated rumor heard here first. They're going after Riley. <laughs> or Bergeron. I'd be or the you. first one to buy a Ryan O'Reilly jersey. Always been a, I've be- always been a huge fan of him. I wanted him to get Riley when there were rumors that they were going to get him from Buffalo. There was actually a deal, I think, in place for Riley, but Buffalo so wanted too, too much. Yeah. Buffalo wanted too much. Yeah. So. And if O'Reilly did come to the Canadians, would Tim Hortons be the sponsor for his jersey? Yes. yes or would he just drive right through them? Oh. So you heard her first. He's not coming to the team after that. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not listening to our podcast. No. Uh, um, that's what the, that's what to be a cup contender. I think that's what they need. They got to really have that bona fide center, that two way center that's going to score the eighty. You know, that's going to be sit there and everyone's going to go, "Hey, that's a number one center." And they need that puck moving defenseman. They're they're not that far off. They also need Price to be Price. Like they need Vesna Price. So. Or playoff price. Playoff price will work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt, do you have any anything to add to that? I agree with him on both yeah. on both fronts. Yeah, and uh, I do agree that uh, on the center front, Jake Evans could potentially, depending on who they have as their fourth line center, Jake Evans could be their oldest center. Yeah, and that's saying something. Yeah, he's twenty five. So. It's and, and, he, and he doesn't have a lot of experience. I think he's going to make a jump this year. Obviously, they, they're, they're obviously showing that they're showing confidence in their centers. Or Bergevin somewhere in the background trying to calculate up a deal right now. Who knows? But the way it's looking right now, as, as, as Treg alluded to earlier, I think it's going to be a lot of the wingers sheltering the centers, at least for the first little bit, until they get into a grind. Kakanyami's not signed yet. We assume that he will. Um Paling's not signed yet either. But what? But what's it going to look like at camp? Is he going to is he going to be rejuvenated and he's going to be ready to jump into a top six position, or is he going to be stagnant and kind of drag his feet a little bit until he starts getting going? Well, and, and here's the thing: they clearly trust Suzuki. They clearly trust. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. They have some issues with uh, with Kotkaniemi, but they need to give him the opportunity they do. to fill that they do and, the, and this and then this year it's the ex, it's, it's an excellent opportunity for him because he's going to get good wingers 
And if he can't do anything with the wingers that they have on this team, yeah. then he's not he's not going to at this level. And and that's what I was going to say, Matt. You is is this is the year that it's going to be all on Kotniemi. There's yeah. no more excuses. There's nope. no more carousel of wingers. I mean, he yeah. did have 18 different wingers last year. So yeah. I mean, there's no more of this. He didn't get enough minutes. There's not going to be no more of this. You know, he didn't do this or he didn't get trusted in that. If they go with the center lineup they got, he's the he's the number two default number two center. If he can't, even if he drops to the number three center for some reason because they pick someone he's up, he's still like going to have good wingers to play with. He's still going to have good. He's still going to have either Anderson and Hoffman or Gallagher or someone on that third line. Drew in. Yep. Yep. That's going to. And if he still can't do it, then you're questioning you the player. Look. You're questioning the player. You got to start questioning the player, not the organization. Yeah, I'm at the point. I don't think it's going to be uh, as bad as some people may think. I do see him being able to fill that, fill that position and fill that role. Uh, his production level may not be where people want it to be for someone in a second line role, but I think he can pull it off. I think he will pull it off um, for the basic reason that, like you mentioned, he's going to have a steady winger. He's not going to have that carousel. And we talked about this in the last episode. I think it's going to be Gallagher because he is the type of player they want Kotkaniemi to emulate. So who better to have on his wing than the player they want him to emulate? So if he's on the ice with the guy, he has to keep up with him. And if he's constant, Gallagher's constantly in motion, constantly going to the net, putting pucks on net, giving everything he has every single shift. If you're on his line, you better be doing the same thing. But for me, when going back to playoff and cup contention, you guys hit it the nail hit the nail on the head. Improve puck mover in the top four for the Canadians to be a true playoff team, and and not just that, a team that could actually win a win a series. I think if they can fix that up a little bit, there you go, that would fix that. A number one C, absolutely. I think Suzuki's going to be that guy in the next probably year another year and then i think we're going to see him hitting star status pretty soon but uh something that's kind of overlooked in some cases but not so much in others the deno role the defensive shutdown specialist role uh, some are pointing to evans as being that replacement i don't think he's going to be able to do that he can play defensive hockey but he's not against top lines, he won't be able to. No, no. I would I not think, put him. He's not going to be a guy that's going to match no. up against the Bergeron line. He's not, not going to match up basis. against. No. It's not, going to be not Suzuki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you want another guy who can play that role. I think Paling is being groomed for that. And the way he played in the AHL, I think he's going to be eased into it. But if he can reach that, that level, become a 3C who can put up 40 points, and play in a, in a matchup role, then with Suzuki there, Kotniemi being able to play a 2C, you have, the, you have the bones of a cup contender. I actually have Ryan Paling in as a 3C on my line prediction article there with the hockey writers. Um, yeah. I just the way I don't see Evans as a 3C. I just don't see he does. I just don't see him with the offensive chops to, uh, maintain a, a solid four seed guy with maybe Paquette kind of ain't switching back and forth with him. Um, but I see Paling as a three seed. If no move is made, 
I mean, it still could get a Dvorak, could be a two or three C, but uh, I just I see Paling there. Suzuki, Kotnami, Paling. Yeah, I see yes. Evans starting the season as the three C because uh, Paling has the he's waiver sure. he's waiver exempt, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, they'll want to keep you know they're going to move him down so they can keep everybody on the roster and you know Evans will start at three C and I don't think he's going to be too out of place because. He's going to have guys like Hoffman and Anderson to play with. And those two guys are speed merchants. They're both very fast players. And Evans, Evans is actually a very speedy hockey player himself. So he'll be able to keep up. I don't know long-term if that's going to be a good fit. And I agree. I, I do agree that Paling will eventually become the three C, but I don't see it start at the start of the season. So, uh, what else we got here, boys? I think any center that's going to come in will be some. It'll be a, it'll be a deal next year. Oh you yeah, it's got to be a trade. Be. It'll be a, it, well. It could even be an RFA or a UFA. Who knows? There's going to be gotta, a few. There's, there'll be a few out there. <clears throat> Montreal's in a weird spot because they went to Stanley Cup Finals, but now they're at the point where they're you kind of let it have to let our young guys take the reins and take the ice. Like if you keep going after these veterans to or these guys for one or two year contracts because, Oh, well, they're not experienced enough. They're not experienced enough. Then all you're doing is pushing these guys back. Right. Yeah. Cause continuity drops back to 33 C. We all yeah. know how that's been working for him. I see. I see, I see Bergeron cir- uh, circling around to Dubois next year at the end of the season. Maybe. Or Thomas Hurdle. I'll say those two. Those are the two names. That I'll uh, look at. I guess. If he's going to do that next year, why not just get Eichel now? I don't think Bergevin's going to be there next year, so I don't think it's going to matter. Ooh. I think Bergevin's done. I think this is the last yeah. year and it's over. Well, he's yeah. he's Jack uh... Eichel's going to be the new GM. <laughs> just like Buffalo. No. <laughs> I think Bergevin, he has a, according to rumors, according to some high people, I think with Harry Angles. He has a three-year contract sitting on his desk. He does have the choice, yeah. Yeah. And he hasn't signed it yet. So I think he's kind of in the, do I really want to continue on doing this? And after the last couple of years, um, the pressures placed on him from the job, uh, the pandemic of, uh, you know, the pandemic has weighed on everybody. So maybe he's just looking at, I'm going to take some time and think about it and Christmas time he'll sign or not either way. He's going to do the job until he's until the contract's up. Um, But uh, we'll talk about him later in the season, but for now to finish the show off, who is going to be your surprise player? Matt, we've been starting with you a bunch of times, so screw you. Treg, who's going to be your surprise player this year? Jonathan Druin. I think Jonathan Druin's going to come back uh, with a whole new uh, look on life, a whole new uh, look on things. He's going to be have a, a solid – I think he's going to end up being on the top line with Suzuki and Caulfield. I don't be shocked if he's not. I don't be shocked if Toffoli or someone like Anderson's on that line. But, uh, and I think he's going to come in and he's going to put up some points and put up some goals and, uh, you know, shove it in the face of the haters. Um, 
I think he's going to have his best season of his career. That's what I think he's going to do this year. Hmm. So what, I guess somewhere from 54 to 60 points kind of thing. Well, it's going to be more than 56 if he wants his best season of his career. So uh, I'd say 60 points. If he can get, if he can get 60, 65 points, good for him. Good for him. And, you know, and I hope if, even if he does, if he gets to that, I'd be, I'd be super stoked. But even if he only has one goal and the rest are assists, I'm all for it. Don't care. Don't care. He can have 80 assists and two goals. And and that's 82. That's a point per game. That's right. Someone's someone's scoring goals off of his passes if he's getting that many of assists. But Blaine, they're secondary. Half of them were secondary assists. Actually, they were mostly primary. No, no, no. You're ruining my narrative now. Oh, Um, we're making shit up? Okay. Cool. So, I like this. But that, that, that's my surprise player. My surprise player is going to be Jonathan Drew. All right. As long as he doesn't cut his hair, he'll be fine. Samson. The French Samson. Yeah. Uh All right. So, Matt, what about you? Who's going to be your surprise player this year? I'm hoping that it's Scott Kenny Evan. And what, what's going to be the surprise about him? That he'll be able to jump into that role <laughs> to be able to actually – play on those minutes and, uh, and, and, and contribute at this, at this level and, and, and be consistent and, and play with, uh, with players that can actually put the puck in the net. And he said, if he can do that, it's, it's a wonderful pick. If not, we're going to continue to continue and continue to, so to go into the, what if scenarios, if they would have picked this guy, would have picked this guy or what else, whatever he's shown flashes. We know he's got the talent. He's a big bodied center. He just needs to start utilizing that and, and just take that next step in his game. I don't think right. it's going to matter how good he is. If, uh, there's always going to be the what if. Bullshit. Oh, 100%, 100%. You look at uh, Galchenyuk. Galchenyuk has the second highest uh, point getter of his draft class, yep. but there's still the, well, what if we got Forsberg instead? Because right. they're going to go on to hockey DB, right. get most points for that draft year and say, oh, we should have got that guy. And I'll throw another one in there. I'll put uh, I'll put Evans. I'll throw him in there as well. Oh, okay. It, it, I haven't made my choice yet, but go ahead and bogart <laughs> the whole lineup. I, I got a question for you, Matt. Yeah. What is your ceiling for uh, Cottonyemi for points this year? Jesus. He's looking at his calculator right now. I am looking at my calculator right now. Stop what turning it upside down. To what make for it you would be a good season for Cotton Emmy? Considering if you get that second line, he's going to have Gallagher and probably Toffoli or someone like that. He'd have to put up at least fifty points. If he's so playing, for- to- if he's playing top six and he's playing with uh, with with uh, guys that can really put the puck in the net, like a Toffoli or uh, or Gallagher, if he can thread the needle and he can make these passes, fifty points. His career high is 34, and that was his rookie year. He played 79 games, so he should be able to put. He should be able to do 50 with uh, with say real wingers. Okay, would you would you call anything less a failure at that point? Depends on how less. Let's say 40. Let's say he gets 40, but he's a plus player. His line is always winning its battles they're winning games with him playing if they're winning game playing. and they're successful then i would say no but i would say that would be my 
that would be the goal that I'd be pushing him towards to be at least a 50 point season. If he's got to be playing with that caliber of player. Okay. So as long as you want the points, but if you're willing to sacrifice some to get more W's. Yes. Okay. No, that's fair. And I just and and consistency and just just in the consistency and the we've we've seen that he's really good defensive at times and other times he floats and you know sometimes he's really hard on the puck and sometimes he's not and we just find that next gear that's gonna keep him in the NHL and keep him you know keep us talking positive things about him. And that's exactly why I think Gallagher is going to be a line mate for him because they want him to find that consistency and Gallagher is the epitome of consistent. Yeah. And Gallagher is going to take a huge, uh, a huge, even, even a bigger step with the leadership role with, with, uh, with Weber going. So way to take my guy. He's my surprise. Segway. Yeah. So he, (laughs) I'm picking Gallagher to be my, my surprise player. First of the pass. Yeah. And Oh, I missed. I fumbled the pass. Oh, I'm such Temple a red packer. Too bad I Temple don't pass packer. like uh, Galchenyuk. <laughs> hey, yeah, tape to tape. To the other <laughs> He's great on a line with Caulfield and Suzuki. All those rumors of him coming back to Montreal. Why? Why? We don't need him back. He's already making the assists. <laughs> so you're saying about Gallagher? <laughs> no, yeah. So Gallagher is going to be my, he's my pick for the surprise comeback kind of player. He had a tough year last year. He was banged up real bad. I, I think this year uh, with some recovery time and some training and a, a more normal schedule, we're going to see him returning to that production that he had in the past. Um, he's going to be in the top six. It's going to be a little bit of a change because he's going to be, I think with cotton Yemi, but it's, there's no Deno there anymore. There's no Tatar there anymore. So he's going to have to take on more of the leadership role, like you mentioned, not just on the ice, but in the room as well. And I, I, I think he's going to take on that challenge and grow from it because he's that kind of personality. He's that kind of character of a person where he is ready and willing to take on more. And when he does, he grows as a, as a player as well. So I'm expecting big things from him this year. I'm not saying 30 goal season, but I'm expecting, you know, uh, the always the net front smiling face, getting cross-checked in the back of the head, but you know, raw, raw kind of type on the bench. And I, I see him leading this team uh, and kind of taking the reins a little bit from, from Weber. And that's, if he can, if he can bridge that gap, then the Canadians are going to have a successful season. If Weber can't come back, do you see a cap and C change? Oh, yeah. I see Gallagher wearing the C. I mean, hands down. So th- this season, do you see a three A's or do you think there'll be a temporary C this season? I see three A's. I, I yeah. see them going with uh, the uh, the three assistants. They'll do the uh, the captain change when it's decided by Weber if he's going to be back or not. Yeah, that's that's what I think too. Yeah, the precedent's there though for a temporary captain. They did it back in the '90s when with Chilios, so they could do it. But I, I don't see it being done this time. I think it'll be the three A's. I believe they did yeah. it with uh, when Koivu was out too. Kovalev was a temporary captain for a while. 
Yeah, when he when he was out with cancer, they had a rotating yeah. captaincy. Yeah. So I think Kovalev was the captain at home, and someone else wore the captain when they were on yeah, the road. I don't know who it was. Yeah. yeah. So I, I can see I see the three A's. I could see a rotating temporary captaincy, but I think it'll be three. It'll be yeah. three A's. Probably be uh, Gallagher, Petrie, and somebody else. Well, it was, it was Byron. It was Byron. Well, Byron, Byron will be out for a little while. It'll be someone like Edmonton or Sherrod or someone like that. Yeah, see, I would. Yeah. I would say Sherrod. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Oh, so that's pretty much it for the show. Um, <laughs> any cotton yammy? He'll get. He'll get an A. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts, Treg? I want to congratulate uh, Blaine Potvin for being the fourth most read Canadians writer in Canada. Uh, for the month of August. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Royal royalty wave, royalty wave. No, but seriously, you got anything uh, worthwhile? That's what I got. I'm congratulating oh. on you being uh, in the top five. My God, my back's gonna hurt from all the padding. <laughs> all right, Matt, do you got anything? No, I got nothing. I just, I'm just excited for the season to start. Preseason's coming up soon. Be a little bit more for us to discuss and uh, get excited about. So just something I'm looking forward to, and obviously be uh, happy to be back here for another season. Can't argue that. And for me, I'm going to congratulate Treg for being the number five writer for the uh, Montreal Canadiens in Canada. So golf clap, golf clap. Yeah. No, and the entire, happened. and the entire hockey writers team for having four of their Canadian writers in the top fifteen. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a good month. It was a good month. And and this is no bullshit either for people thinking we're just trying to toot some fake horns. This is an actual yeah. thing. So yeah, yeah, things are starting to look up at the at the hockey writers, and I I think I think we have to thank our 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 listeners and our viewers. They make a big, they're, you guys are a big part of this. You're the reason why the, you know, we're getting all these hits is because you guys are actually, I don't know why, but you're listening to us. Weird. It's kind of like, you know, I, I, I liken it to someone watching a car wreck. Like, you know, when people slow down, they're like, Oh, look at that. Ooh, wow. That looked horrible. We're that car wreck. People are slowing down and looking and listening to see, just to find out what did these three dummies say this time? And, oh, my God, look at how beautiful that one guy is. Trey's like, yeah. Matt Smith. Matt <laughs> Smith. Oh, and we should congratulate Matt Smith because his uh, the Habs Unfiltered OnlyFans page is not being shut down anymore. So congrats to Matt. Thank you. <laughs> and I want to thank the two people who paid us the 99 cents. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, Gets me a monthly coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On an unrelated note, my mother would like to send you her phone number. <laughs> That's weird. Weird. All right. So I want to thank everyone for listening <laughs> to our, to our asinine ramblings at the end of the show. Uh, I want to thank you guys for, for clicking and subscribing on YouTube. Uh, Tell your friends, the more people, the better. Um, Treg is holding up a squishy Chewbacca for some reason. Okay. 
And yeah, so thank you. Thank you again for listening. And remember, if you are talking about it, so are we. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast, NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.